I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply, if rated PG. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Hello and welcome to the Love Life Connection podcast, a podcast for successful women who feel like they have it all except love. I'm Veronica Grant, your host and a love and life coach. And my only goal with this podcast is to inspire you to believe in yourself and that real love is possible for you, even in our swipe right, swipe left world. You with me? Let's get started. Hello, and welcome to episode number 173 of the Love Life Connection podcast. I'm so excited to be back in your earbuds again this week, and I think you're going to love my coaching conversation with Judith. We talk all about how to meet more potential partners offline rather than relying online. But before we get there, just a few things from me. So the first thing is just a reminder, if you haven't already, please leave a quick rating or a review wherever you listen to this podcast, but especially in iTunes, it really helps me to grow the show. So thank you so much for just tapping some stars. And if you have an extra 30 seconds, please leave a review. I love to see what you love so I can make sure that I keep doing more of it. So I can really create this podcast to be something special for you to tune into every single week. And I also just wanted to send a general reminder just from something that I've been working on in my own life. So obviously, I'm not dating anymore. So I can't share there's only so many experiences. I mean, obviously, I could keep going and probably dig into more stuff. But I also think that this isn't just about dating, but it's really about our own personal growth journey. And for me, one thing that I've been really working with is my relationship to time and feeling like I have to be always scheduled, always busy, always knocking things off the to-do list. And in some ways, I am someone I think who is wired to do really well at that. I really love doing that. And I can get a lot of stuff done. And because I'm able to get a lot of stuff done, I've been able to enjoy a lot of successes in my business and then also in other parts of my life, especially previously in school and then my previous career. And 
here's the thing, though, as much as I'm quote unquote, good at this stuff, and it has given me quote unquote, success, there are some serious drawbacks that come with that. You know, there have been plenty of evenings where Stevie's like, hey, Veronica, you want to hang out? You want to do something? And I'm like, Oh, no, I have to work. I have to finish this thing. And the only reason why I fin- have to finish this thing that evening is because my boss told me I had to, except I'm my own boss. And so I totally get that. If you don't have a business or you're not an entrepreneur, you may not have as much flexibility with your with your hours. However, however, I also want us to recognize that buying into the idea of more output and always being productive and doing this and doing that, always, 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 always on, basically, is basically from the patriarchy, right? There's an, it's just, you know, think about it, like the industrial revolution was like all about output, 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 capitalism, it's all about output, 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 more revenue, more revenue. And look, there, I'm not someone who doesn't take part in capitalism. It's not that I don't believe in, um, you know, making things more efficient and being able to mass produce. Obviously, we as a society has really benefited a lot from these types of systems. However, like all things in life, I I think it's really important to remember that there's the feminine and there's the masculine. And the way in which our world, for the most part, thinks about work and productivity and output is very masculine. It's very linear. And there's certainly a time and place for that. However, I invite you to explore what it would look like in your life to infuse a little bit more of the feminine into your schedule, into how you view your quote unquote output and your productivity and your to-do list. And, you know, the feminine is about really just being, it's about creating space. It's about holding, well, that's more masculine. It's about creating space and just really being in the moment and feeling like, oh, you know, even though I know the numbers of the data say this thing is true, I'm really feeling like I want to do that thing and to trust that and to go on that based you know, based on pure, pure intuition, that's all feminine energy. And I don't think we can 100%, you know, uh, run our world or our lives based on energy. So again, I'm not saying, oh, don't be productive. Don't, you know, forget about the whole masculine thing. I mean, I am saying forget about the patriarchy. But the patriarchy's role in this is making the feminine wrong and making the masculine right. That's really the patriarchy's role. Um, And so it's not about making one right or wrong. It's about how can we balance that in our own lives. And so for me, especially, you know, as a business owner, and I create, you know, I create my own schedule doesn't mean that I'm like, um, drinking pina coladas on the beach every day while I have my laptop. Like for me, that's never really been my life. If I'm on the beach, I'm definitely not working and don't have my laptop with me. But anyways, some practices that I've really been trying to lean into are um, offering little prayers or intentions before I hop onto a podcast like this. And that's actually something I've learned from Susie Orman. She sends a prayer out to her people or to God or the universe, whatever, before she records a podcast or before she gets onto the stage, basically asking for only those who need her advice hear it. And, And so leaning into things like that can really soften the 
task that I have to do on my to-do list, like making this podcast and, or writing my Thursday newsletter emails or writing Instagram posts, but putting some softness behind it. Also allowing myself to do yoga in the middle of the day or, or taking a 10 minute break to breathe or to do some meditation or to hold a restorative yoga pose, or even going on a walk with my dog and out without constantly yanking him, like, come on, come on, come on, we have to finish the walk. Because and without podcasts or without um, things, you know, in my ears. And look, I listen to podcasts, I have a podcast, I love podcasts. But I do try to remember just to have space to be alone with my own thoughts, because sometimes those in my best ideas come, that's the time sometimes I can really clear my head, especially if there's just a lot of things going on. And I'm like, Oh, do I do this? Or do I do that? Or should I do this? And it really helps to again, like just soften the energy and really get into my creative, which is the feminine creative space. So that when I do come back, I need to look at my to do list. And what do I need to output into the world? I'm doing it with a softness. So this has nothing to do with today's podcast episode. I mean, I guess I could probably draw some correlation because everything's always connected. I just wanted to bring this up because this is something that I've really been working through in my own life. And I always like to just teach a little bit about what I'm working on. I don't pretend to be perfect at this. I'm definitely not. I'm not suggesting you need to be perfect at this either. But I invite you to begin exploring your relationship with time, your relationship with success. And is it more in the masculine definition or is it more in the feminine definition? And, And if it's to one extreme or the other, my guess is for most of you, it's going to be more extreme into the masculine. How can you bring it back into more of a balance? And notice that when you do that, there might be some stories that popping up like, oh, I need to be working really hard in order to be successful. Oh, I need to knock out my to do list so that then I can relax, you know, and those are all ideas that have been instilled in us by the patriarchy. And they're only true if we choose to let them be true. And the funniest thing is, sometimes when I soften the most in my business is when I see the most, you know, tangible result. And so I think that you could explore that in your own life, again, whether you have a business or in your career, and how the same can be true for you. All right, so onto my episode today with Judith. So I have Judith on the show, and she is asking, I'm so glad she asked this question, because this comes up all the time with clients or just people in the Love Action Tribe or just women like messaging me on Instagram. And that is, I hate online dating. I don't want to online date anymore. I only want to meet people offline. And I'm not going to get too much into it now because a lot of this episode I'm actually teaching. I'm probably talking more than Judith is talking, and that's not totally normal for my episodes. But I think that there is a lot of, um, you know, coaching is also about teaching, and I think that there is just a lot of information that, you know, needed to be shared. And so I don't want to get too much into it because I talk about it a lot now. But the only thing that I invite you to do as you're entering into listening my conversation with Judith is to just notice what your relationship to online versus offline dating is. Is one seen as better or, or superior to the other? Does one seem like, well, I do it because I feel like I should, but I'd rather meet someone the other way. Just notice what the story is and how you relate to it and try not to change it or make a judgment about it. And just listen to my conversation with Judith. And then once we get to the end of the episode, I'll invite you to notice that relationship with online versus offline dating again, and then give you some, some tools and, um, 
some takeaway action steps to to do to start meeting more people offline if that's what you choose to be or choose to decide that that is best for you. So make sure you listen to the little section after my call with Judith so that you can get the breakdown and some action steps to take. All right, my dear, without any further ado, let's get to my conversation with Judith. Hi, Judith. Welcome to the show. How can I help you today? Hi, Veronica. Thanks for um, having me. Uh, I really want to get into offline dating. Okay. But I don't, um, I don't like the meat market idea. Uh, I don't, I, I'm not interested in putting myself out there as a date. I want to really like sort of segue my, my way into a, a, into a, a conversation uh, with people where we have a common interest. Okay. Okay. Something what did you mean by the a bar? Market? Like you don't want to go to like a singles event or something like that? Is that what you mean? I don't mind a singles event, but I'm okay. I'm remembering when I was younger, we would go to a bar and the idea was to pick up a man. I see, I see, I see. I'm not interested in picking up a man. I'm interested in picking up a conversation or um, uh, I'm interested in picking up somebody who's observing something that I'm observing. I'm, I'm, I'm interested in the activity more than I am in the object. Yeah, yeah, I see, I see. Okay. Great, great. So what is preventing you from having these conversations right now? I'm afraid. Um, I actually uh, kind of went on a date with somebody I've known for a long time. And um, conveniently, the bus came and I hopped on it before I we had a chance to even have a real kiss or anything like that. So I can feel my... I want this, but I am still afraid of the intimacy. So I want to be able to go slow. I want to be able to be in control, but I, I'm, I'm not practiced in it. So I'm not sure how to do that. Okay. Okay. Got it. And one more question. What is, um, what is it that you don't like about online dating? There's so much, when I meet somebody, there's there's an unspoken connection. And I can't find that on online dating. Um, I can't see, I can't see how they move. Uh, I can't see um, when I'm writing something, if they're smiling. I can't see if they're... Uh, wrinkling their nose. I, I can't see the reaction as we're, as there's no, there's no dynamic to it. Yeah. Okay. I get it. I get it. I mean, I just want to say one thing about online dating because everyone hates it. <laughs> Not everyone, but a lot of people in my world hate it. Um, online dating is just a way to meet people. It's not synonymous with dating. It's not the way to date. You can be meeting you can be meeting people offline and still be online. Um, I just think that a lot of times the way we relate to off online dating can um, is really what trips us up rather than the actual experience of online dating in and of itself. So let's just put that aside. I just want to put that out there because um, online dating is a great way 
to meet people, especially if you're busy, don't have a lot of time, if you're introverted, or if you just don't really care to like go to the so-called meat market <laughs> or the bar, you know, as, as you call it. Um, so let's just, let's just say that. And then let's put that aside. So let me, let me ask you this. Um, so you want, you want to meet people in quote unquote real life, um, like in person, you want it to happen naturally. You want it to happen organically. And yet if there are any opportunities in your life for you to meet someone like that, is it that you tend to shut down or push them away or because you're afraid of that intimacy, you want control. So what happens in that, in that situation? I kind of want to run away from your question and sort of change the direction. Okay. Um, I, I mean, not that I don't want to answer it, but there's that other aspect that I feel like I'm always the one doing the initiating. Mm -hmm. and I'm not sure what's stopping people from initiating it with me. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Okay. So you want to meet people on offline, but you want them to initiate. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Let me ask you this also. Cause in, in like the last breath, you said you want them to initiate, but then you also want control. Yes. Correct. So you want to have your cake and eat it too. <laughs> That's correct. <laughs> <laughs> Okay. Okay. Got it. What do you think is preventing people from initiating with you? I don't know. I think, I think my fear, I'm, I must unconsciously turn off, you know, and um, create some kind of force that says, don't come near me. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so when you talk about, when you remind me that I want control, I suppose I want to get to a place where I can feel like I have control even when I'm not in control. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I think I, that's, I also think that you are very attached to what said meeting, you know, with someone is going to look and feel like, and perhaps even who this other person is and what he looks like and what he's interested in and all that kind of stuff. Right. Yes. So you're, you're walking around with like, very like attached to this is what I want, which is fine. Right. I'm a big supporter of women saying like, this is what I want and like declaring that for themselves. Right. But you have to also, it's not, you have to settle. It's not that you have to um, let go of like what you want and like be okay with like something that you don't want. Like, that's not what I'm saying, but you do have to be unattached. If you are really open, well, you have to be, you have to be unattached if you are really open to the idea of attracting a partner for you. Now, this may not be your forever person, but maybe just this person is supposed to provide some sort of experience for you to learn something about yourself, to heal something within you, to learn what you don't want, yeah. to learn what you do want. And I think you're so focused on like what this experience is supposed to look like and how it's supposed to feel that you're not allowing yourself to have any experience. And so you're walking around and by very almost definition, because you want something to look exactly the way you want it to look in terms of the person and the experience of meeting and how that looks and feels and everything that um, you probably are really closed off probably because you're 
probably emitting some judging type of energy. Yes. Okay. I, and that makes sense. Yeah. Okay. And how does it feel? Well, let me ask you this. You get on the, I mean, okay, you're in the love incubator, right? So you're a client and you can get on the phone with me and you can tell me whatever is coming up. Does that, does that feel generally true? Yes. Why is that? Because you're on my side. Um, <laughs> I'm always on I my feel, side, but why else? Yeah, but I, but, but you, um, you work within my, um, with my perspective, you, you, uh, you're not, you don't try to change me. Okay. Um, okay. You, you open It's more like you're working with me and you're hearing where I'm open to change and where I'm not open to change. And mm-hmm. there's, it's a dialogue. You're in, you engage me in a dialogue. hundred percent, hundred percent. So you said, I don't try to change you. When someone's trying to change someone, whether someone's trying to change you or you're trying to change someone, what's the underlying emotion underneath that? Or what is one of, there could be a lot, but what's one of the underlying emotions? Abandoned. Um, I feel abandoned. It's not me. It's I'm not seen. I'm, I'm, uh, I'm not good enough. Yeah. If you're, if someone's trying to change you, right, right. Yeah. Well, what if, what if we got on our coaching calls and, or even today, and I was just like, oh God, Judith, this question, seriously, like get your shit together. Just, you know, go talk to someone, right? Like, what if I was like that? You'd be like, whoa, (laughs) it wouldn't feel good. Yeah. And I wouldn't want to coach with you. (laughs) You wouldn't want to coach with me. And you certainly wouldn't, like, you would just retreat, right? Because I'm judging. I, that would be yes. you. Yes. Right. Right. And so yeah. if you are walking around the world in very much a similar manner, right. It's not necessarily like a coach client relationship, but it's still just like two humans. Right. And you're judging someone because you want to look like something and that's in your head. Well, what if what could, what, what if what's possible for you is even better and greater than what you can imagine for yourself? Wouldn't you just want to try to experience that? Yes. Yeah. And so in yeah. order to experience that, you have to let go of what you think it's supposed to look like. Yeah. But I, I, I think it's easier for me to do what you're talking about if I put it in the context of this is practice. You know, so practice having a, a, a small relationship with this person and practice with that person so I can start to get used to being even with somebody. Yeah. I don't necessarily think it has to be practice because like nobody wants to be like, you know, you wouldn't want someone to practice on you. Right. Um, so I don't know if that's the right perspective because, you know, humans are, um, they're not disposable and there are, they have emotions. Even if some people believe men don't have emotions, they do and they're sensitive. Um, but I think what'd be a better way to look at it is whoever you attract into your life, whether it's, you just go on one date and that's all it ever is. You go on five dates or you are with them for years. And then everything in between, every single person who comes into your life, you were meant to be with for that moment in time, however long okay. it was. And yeah. for that moment in time, they were your soulmate, meaning your soul, soul called them in to bring up something in you 
to help you learn something about yourself, to heal something that needs to be healed in order to be ready for the relationship you're truly meant to be with. And so by closing yourself off to whoever and whatever might be out there, because it doesn't look how it looks like in your head, then you're not giving yourself the opportunity to do the growth that you need to do in order to be ready for the relationship you're supposed to be in, you're meant to be in. And so you might have to go through 10, 50, I don't know, really bad dates, or you might have to go through a few dates and then a few people that turn into like, you know, like a couple month thing or a few month thing here and there. Um, Or you might meet someone and you are together for a year or two and then it doesn't work out, but none of it's a failure. None of it means you did something wrong or something bad at all is in it all is in purpose of your own soul's journey. You know, I don't know if you've listened. I know you've been in my community for a while, but a couple summers ago I did a six part series on how I met Stevie and I did it very, how I met your mother style where I started like, you know, <laughs> years before actually, I mean, I started my story in like sixth grade and then went basically chronological up to present time. And, um, the point of that, and one thing that I just realized for myself on an even deeper level, and what I hope that women get from listening to the series, is how each relationship taught me something or brought up something in me um, that needed to be healed. Like I can think of like one relationship and I needed to have that relationship in order to be ready for the next one. And then I needed to have that relationship in order to be ready for the next one and so forth until it eventually led me to, to Stevie. But you're not even allowing yourself to be on that path. Correct. Correct. And so I'm not really sure had, that this is about online versus offline dating. I think it's just about allowing yourself to quote unquote fail or quote unquote to mess up. And here's the thing, like releasing control is not easy and it's not just something that happens, right? Right. Like if you're a five-year-old and I'm trying to teach you two plus two equals four, at some point you're going to get it. And you're like, okay, cool. I'm ready for the next. What's three plus three, right? Four plus four. And and then you just keep building. But with releasing control and releasing attachment, isn't just something where I teach you about it and like, okay, cool. I'm good. I can go on with my life. Like that's not really how it works. It's a practice, you know, just how like anybody who practices a faith whether it's like Christianity or Judaism or Islam or Buddhism or whatever, um, it's a lifelong endeavor, right? And so learning to live, you know, with releasing attachment, having goals, having things that you desire, you know, knowing things that you're not going to put up with, you're not going to put up with crap, you're not going to put up with the abuse, you're not going to put up with aloofness or anything like that. You're, so being clear and firm on that, but then also releasing attachment to what love is supposed to look like. I think if you listen to like any kind of interview from someone who is like quote unquote successful, right. And I put that in air quotes, you know, cause what is success really, but I'm talking about, you know, someone who, I don't know, who maybe started like a really big business or um, became like president or something like that. And if you're always asked them, you know, and, and when they're being interviewed, the interview will often say like, you know, is this what you wanted? Like, is this, was this one your dream board? Or is like five years ago, could you see yourself doing that? And they'd always be like, Oh no, hell no. And of course some people are like, yeah, I always like, like Mark Cuban, I listened to his interviews. Like I always wanted to be rich and I'm like, okay, cool. Um, but like other people mm-hmm. didn't necessarily mm-hmm. have that path. It just, they just kept themselves open to what mm-hmm. was possible without 
strong attachment to what that was supposed to look like. And then mm-hmm. you know, they became like the Sarah Blakely or Barack Obama or whatever. Um, and so, and, but the point of all of those, the point of that is that they allowed themselves to fail and they let go of what it's supposed to look like. You know, I feel like I've done that in, in every other part of my life, except in my romantic part. Well, that's because the romantic part is very close to um, inner child wounding. Okay. Because it's an intimate relationship, right? And um, we learned about love, safety, and belonging when we were children and how to get it and what it meant. And um, if your parents didn't give you the love, safety, and belonging that you either needed or wanted, then you, um, you, uh, first of all, like when you're like three or five or just a little child, like your parents are almost seen like godlike, right? Like they are like the providers of all, (laughs) like literally like they're wiping your butt, they're food, like they're, they're doing, they're doing everything. And then if they begin to, if you don't feel like good enough for them, or you don't feel like you, um, they don't love you, or at least they don't show it or whatever it is. And that's really going to mess with, um, you know, what you feel like you deserve in the department of love. And it tends to come up a lot in romantic relationships because of that intimate nature. Of all those, of those three things, it's the belonging part that I think is the weakest for me. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like I don't belong. Yeah. Yeah. And a lot of people feel like that. You're, you're definitely not alone there. And I will tell you that if you feel like you don't belong, you're probably also, it's not so far off to feel like, you know, um, no one can ever love me or like, I wouldn't ever be able to be, you know, I'm too weird or off or whatever. Like no one could actually be in a relationship with me. And if you believe that, then you will make it true. The brain wants to be right. (laughs) So what's a new belief? You know, you're very attached to, to your story of what love looks like or how the meeting is supposed to happen and that you don't belong. So what's a new story that you could tell yourself that's believable but feels a little bit like a stretch? I'm not sure how to. Um, so is this like a strategy you're, you're, at, you're suggesting? What's my new strategy for? What's your um, new story in terms of... Um, you know, the story you tell yourself now is, um, I want to be chosen. No one picks me. Um, I want the, you know, meeting a guy to happen in a certain way because then I'm going to have control. And when I have control, I'll feel safe. I won't feel like an outsider. I'll feel like I have, I, I can't get hurt. That's your story now, right? Okay. Right. So my new story has more to do with the adventure of finding love. Yeah. Um, so it is, um, it's like, it's, it's like a dance mm-hmm. where I'm, I'm, it, it's the letting go of control. I mean, I can, I can feel like, It's just taking on a dance. It's just trying out dance partners, you know, dancing, just dancing with them. And that it's, that's what it is. It's just dancing. It's not, 
It's not a marriage. What kind of dancing do you do? A salsa. Okay. But I'm thinking. And so there's the male role and the female role, right? Correct. What do you have to do in the female role in order to, um, you know, to not step on your partner's toes or vice versa? Uh, I have to follow, um, follow their signals. Yep. And, and, and it's actually really interesting because when I first started dancing, they would say to me, this is the only place where I have control. Let me have it. Um, it was really hard for me to let that, to let them decide the next movement. Yeah. Yeah. I, I find it um, fascinating when I have clients where either their work in the world or a big part of them themselves has to do with an emotional, spiritual core wound. Um, or, you know, for example, like I had, oh gosh, I've had all sorts of clients where their career just, you know, I don't want to like give examples because I don't have permission to share with those, those women, but um, where, you know, their career just so closely aligned with, you know, what they needed to do for themselves, right. In order to begin the healing process. And mm. so let me ask you this. You have to jog my memory, but you traveled a lot when you were in your twenties, right? Uh, yeah. You were like a, were you like uh, a globetrotter or whatever they call it? Uh, not really. Uh, but I, I, I think more to the point was I had a boyfriend. I, I, my boyfriends were from many, many different countries. Okay. Did you travel around at some point in your life? Uh, and Linda did. Linda, um, my sister did a lot more traveling them and she traveled around the world for a year, but you know, I've been to Brazil and Pakistan and um, Israel. I've never been to the African continent. Um, okay. okay. I'm just, okay. So I guess I'm getting, I guess I'm getting you guys confused. Um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Linda was a lot more. Uh, okay. So the reason, the reason why I asked though, is because maybe, because you said, you know, love is like an adventure. And I mean, I think your life has been very much an adventure. I mean, like you're an American expat, right? Living over in Europe and you have traveled around a lot. And so I'm, I'm, I'm sensing that there's a part of you that's really, it's really important to not just travel, but to have adventure. Correct. And there's a part of you that gets lit up by that. Correct. Right. Okay, great. And so I think since you can feel that, can you still feel that? that spark, that flame? Oh, yes. Okay. Oh, yes. Perfect. So when you are out in the world, whether you're at the grocery store, standing in line, at the coffee shop, standing in line, <laughs> or um, just, you know, wherever you are in your, in your day-to-day life, I want you to channel that adventurous spirit, that spark, that flame, because I know you can feel it really strong and apply it towards your love life and be like, what would happen if I said hello to this person? Okay. And that's all you have to do. Just start with hello. How are you? How's your day? <laughs> and I didn't do that because I know that you, you're, you're very good at just socializing and you're more extroverted. This is going to be easier for you, um, for you than it would be for me any, any day. So you're going to be really good at this. And Perhaps just give yourself a goal, not of, I'm going to meet someone in real life, but more of Mm -hmm. like, how can I say hello to five people today? Okay. 
or how can I, you know, whatever, whatever seems, um, you know, whatever seems like something you can do. If it's one person, you know, that's fine. Just start somewhere that slowly builds up in time and see where it takes you. Have no attachment to whether or not this person is potential date material and don't even be attached to whether it's a man or a woman, because even if you just make friends with a new woman, well, maybe she's okay. going to invite you to some dinner party and then you can meet someone at her dinner party or her party. Okay. Right. Okay. I like this. This is the kind of thing that I could get excited about. Okay. Good. So what did you, what did you learn today? Oh, that it's a uh, smaller, it's, it's a, it's a smaller bit. Um, uh, it, it's not about getting the whole thing at once. It's about, um, it's, it's the, it's the buildup. It's building. It's, it's, oh God, I can feel it, but I can't express it. But, mm-hmm. but I, I, but it changes the whole whole way I I'm thinking about dating and just being out there yeah it's a small adventure yeah 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 and think about like traveling like we don't travel because you know you're looking for uh, a new place to move to and you're like oh I'm gonna go to Canada and I have all this pressure to like find the perfect neighborhood or the perfect house you're just going to visit and maybe you will visit some some country someday and you're like, oh, wow, I really need to move here. Maybe it's just for a year or forever or whatever. Like I mean, you picked up and moved out of the U.S. Um, that's a great way of thinking about it. And so that's what meeting someone is like. It's not like you're not testing with them or you're not like practicing with them. You're simply just meeting them and then being open okay. to what that meeting was supposed to be all about. Okay. Sound good? Okay. I like it. I like it very much. Good. Good. Great. Well, thank you so much for coming on to the show today. I hope this was really helpful and I can't wait for you to listen back to the recording and just get some. Thanks, Veronica. I can't wait to report back. (laughs) Yes. I look forward to hearing more. All right. Thank you so much. Thank you so much to Judith for coming on to the show. I so appreciate your courage and your bravery for being coached. And then also to have that conversation shared with hundreds of other women around the world is just so much and I love it and I appreciate it. So thank you. Thank you. Okay, so in the intro to this episode, I asked you, how do you relate to online dating? And I would love to hear how that shifted for you after listening to this episode. So make sure you leave me a comment on my show notes page. You can go to veronicagrant.com forward slash episode 173 or send me a DM. I'm Veronica E. Grant on Instagram and let me know. I would really be curious to hear. And if you're not sure if anything's changed or what's changed, then hear me out on a couple more things. Now, when you listen to my conversation with Judith, it became pretty clear to me, and I think also to her and hopefully to you too, that online dating wasn't the problem, nor was offline dating the answer. And nine times out of 10, I would say 99% of the time with the women that I coach or talk to and this community, the same is true. Now, here's the thing. It's 100% okay to have a preference. 
maybe you really are more extroverted and you want to get out into the world more into events into bars and parties and meetups and socials and that's really your thing and you love it and you just really thrive there then by golly, go go out there and do it. Do your thing. And be super extroverted and social and meet people that way. If you're someone who's more introverted or just doesn't have the time or the energy to go to all of those things, but you do want to be meeting potential partners, then online dating can be your best friend, seriously. But notice when your preference becomes less of a preference and more of looking for a solution to your quote unquote problem, or in other words, a silver bullet. Online dating usually isn't the problem and offline dating usually isn't the answer either. As you notice with my call with Judith, her quote unquote problem is that she was very attached to what meeting someone would look like, who the person was, how she was going to be chosen, yet she still wanted to feel control. Like there was a lot of fear. There's a lot of inner child stuff coming up, right? Like these were deeper fears, deeper things that needed to be worked through and released before anything was significant was going to shift for her, whether she was meeting online or off. I mean, really, however she decided to meet people didn't really matter. What mattered is that she released attachment to what it was supposed to look like and how she was supposed to feel. Okay, so if you are interested in pursuing some more offline dating, here are some action steps to follow. Number one, release attachment to how you're supposed to meet someone and what that's supposed to look like. This is huge. And this is really the first and most important step. And you can see this is really where Judith was stuck. And this didn't matter if she was dating online or off, she was very attached to what she thought her encounter with meeting someone would look like and feel like and who the other person was and all that kind of stuff. And so her first step and your first step is going to be release attachment to that. And Yes, it's not an overnight thing. So it's not like, okay, cool, I've released it. It's going to take time. It's a process. And it might even be a lifelong process of just releasing attachment in general. However, you can make the commitment to release attachment today. And you can also decide that perhaps what you think you want isn't as good as what's really out there and available and meant for you. And so for me, I always try to think of that when I'm really attached to a particular outcome and I'm really attached to something happening a certain way. I just come back to like, okay, I don't know everything that's possible. I don't know what could be the best for me. And maybe there's something out there better that I don't know about. And I'm sure there's something better out there that I don't know about. And so for me personally, I always try to come back to that when I'm having a hard time releasing attachment to a particular outcome. Number two, if you're wanting to date offline, is to remember there are potential partners all around. And like I told Judith, who was really into travel and adventure, I want her to channel that adventurous spirit in her adventure, really, in in love. And not everyone that she talks to, not everyone that she meets doesn't necessarily have to be quote unquote marriage material or the person or the right person. Because when you have that strong, again, it's another form of attachment. When you have that strong attachment towards someone, then really you're closing yourself off to what potentially is available for you. And maybe someone isn't supposed to be your person or your long-term person, but there's something you're supposed to learn from them. Again, whether it's one date, a few dates, or a few years that you're together, they were your soulmate in that particular moment in time. And it's not that people are there for your practice, you know, so I want to 
get you away from that if you're thinking on the same line as Judith, but really just be open to meeting anyone and recognizing that whoever you are meeting for a particular moment in time, you were supposed to have that meeting. They are your soulmate for that moment in time, whether it's for that one date or those few years you're together or 20 years you're married or whatever it is, and allow yourself to be open to that experience so that you can get even more clear on what it is you want, what it is you don't want, heal anything that comes up so you can be more available for what you're supposed to call in in this lifetime. And number three, when you're in public, again, whether just catching the subway or at line in the grocery store or wherever it is, get your eyes up and off your phone and be available for someone to come say hello or go up and say hello to someone. Again, this isn't doesn't matter if you are just in public doing your thing or if you're at some sort of an event or a social, whether it's an organized meetup or not, you have got to make yourself the body language open and available for someone to potentially approach you because it only doesn't make it easier for them to approach you. I think it also changes your emotional body to where you're more interested in wanting to go talk to someone else and try to avoid scanning the room and asking, okay, marriage material, marriage material, no, no, marriage material, marriage material, just walk up to someone that looks interesting, that maybe you're attracted to, maybe you're not attracted to, but maybe they seem to know a lot of people or know what's going on, or maybe they're reading an interesting book, I don't know, and you want to go ask them about the book, whatever it is, you've got to start making um, an effort in order to be open and talking to people and actually start talking to people. Because not only does that allow people literally just to feel more comfortable coming to talk to you. But I think it really sends a message to the universe that you're open and available for people to approach you and to say hello and to meet someone. And this doesn't have to be complicated. It doesn't have to be like, oh my God, well, what do I say? I need like a good line. It can just be like, hey, how are you? Or hello, how's your day going? Or hello, what what do you think of this event? Or what do you think of that speaker? You know, if you're more like an organized event, or you can say, hey, I don't think we've met yet. My name's Veronica, or obviously whatever your name is. And you can just start simple as that. And the conversation might just end right there. And that's okay. Let it doesn't mean it's a failure. It just means that's whatever. Okay, let it let it go. (laughs) So try not to say, well, I said hello to someone and they just said, "Eh," and then the conversation was over. Like, okay, fine, that's going to happen. So don't be attached to every single experience or every single time you say hello to someone to be this grand conversation or a new friend or a potential date. Just let it be whatever it is. And some hellos are going to feel really awkward because they're not going to really want to talk or maybe they're socially awkward or shy or whatever it is. And maybe sometimes you will have a really great conversation. You have to be open to both experiences happening. Now, I just want to point out one quick thing here. So I've listed these four action steps for you to start meeting people offline. And for some people, it might have brought up some stuff and it might have made you feel a little uncomfortable. Like, oh, you mean I have to go talk to people? You mean I can't just be on my phone when I'm waiting in line at Starbucks or at the grocery store or wherever, or that I have to meet new friends? Like that brings up your stuff too, right? So no matter how you decide to meet people and to date, whether it's online or off, it's always going to bring up your stuff. And if it does bring up your stuff to offline date and to be more open and to go talk to people, 
I don't want you running back to online dating because it feels quote unquote safer. And if you are online dating and you hate all the messaging and the texting and the people not responding back and it triggers you, I don't want you to run to offline dating thinking that that's the answer because there's rejection in the quote unquote real world too. It's no matter where you are deciding to date people, it's going to bring up your stuff. And that's why I can't emphasize enough. And I'm saying it again, even though I said it before in this episode, that online dating or offline dating are not each other's problems or solutions. They are just two different ways to meet people. And no matter how you're meeting people, it's going to bring up your stuff. And it's your responsibility. It's all an opportunity to work on it and to heal whatever is coming up and to notice what the block is, where it came from, and then to clear it so that however you decide to meet people and to date, that it's not going to trip you up with limiting beliefs, old stories, all that kind of stuff that really holds people back. So if you're not sure what's blocking you in love or what's keeping you stuck in your love life, I invite you to take my love block quiz. You can do that over at veronicagrant.com forward slash quiz. And after working with hundreds of women, I found there to be four main love blocks that keep you out of love. So you can take the quiz, see what love block is keeping you out of love the most. And then you'll also get a little download to help you clear that specific love block. So it's really good stuff and it's 100% free. You can take the quiz again at veronicagrant.com forward slash quiz. And I've also got that linked up in the show notes page. All right, my dear, that is all I've got for you this week. Thank you so much for tuning in. And please don't forget to leave a rating or review if you love this episode or if this podcast has helped you in any way. Thanks so much. See you next week. Thanks for listening to the Love Life Connection podcast. Find the show notes to this episode and all episodes at veronicagrant.com forward slash podcast. You can also grab bonus downloads and more resources to help you find love at veronicagrant.com. That's also the place you can learn more about my private love and relationship coaching and group coaching programs. And if you love this podcast, it would mean so much to me if you took a moment to leave a rating or review in iTunes. It helps me to build this amazing community and help more amazing women like yourself find real love. And until next time, remember this, wherever you are is exactly where you need to be. You aren't broken. You don't need to be fixed. And even if you've never had the relationship you want before, it doesn't mean you can't have it now. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. 
Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.